Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. discusses the persecution of the church in the last days. He encourages us to look around because this persecution is already happening. Churches in Canada and all over the Middle East and Africa especially take refuge in the Lord and fear not. God is still in control and the return of Jesus is near. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 9th, 2021. Let's get to it. I'm going to take a deep breath here and kindly and just humbly ask that you bear with me for today's update. Um, I need to talk with you about a very serious matter, and it's that of how now it's only really a matter of time before it gets considerably worse for the Church of Jesus Christ. Specifically here in America, as it is even now, in other parts of the world where churches are either closing, already closed, or going underground, as it were. Also, pastors are being arrested and put in prison. Please know that it is not my intention to address the responses of these pastors That's actually potentially another discussion for another time. I'm not going to take the time today to address that matter. But instead, I just want to point out what's happening. And I do so in order to sound the warning of what's coming. As such, I'll begin with what is now happening, why it's happening, the prophetic significance of what's happening, and more importantly, finally, what God has to say about it. We'll get there as quickly as we possibly can for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. I reluctantly begin with this post from the Daily Wire about a Calgary, Alberta court issuing a warrant that permits police to, quote, do anything necessary to enter a pastor's church and arrest him. 
I say reluctantly for a number of reasons, chief of which is that he was actually arrested yesterday, posted a video on social media, but I was so grieved because he was calling the police officers horrible names. And that's a problem. The problem with Christians and especially pastors calling people's people names is that you have little to no chance of them calling on the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Just again, if you'll bear with me, I just want to parenthetically say, and we've talked about this often, I hope you don't tire of me talking about this, but it is very important, it is very serious. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. We represent Jesus Christ. And when a Christian goes on social media and starts demonizing people and calling them names, you have completely destroyed your chance of ever reaching them for Jesus. I was thinking about this today. I think we have to ask ourselves this question as a preface, really, to everything that we do and everything that we say. Here's the question. How does this get Jesus to people and people to Jesus? How will this post that I'm about to post, how will this, that which I'm about to do, how will this bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus? That is the question that I think has to be answered, and it is a preface to everything that we do. How we act, how we react, how we respond, because the world is watching us, especially now. Would you agree? They're watching how we're handling all of this. And you know, they're asking themselves questions. And the questions they're asking is, are you Christian? Are you pastor? <laughs> the real deal? Or are you just like all of the rest? And the second question they're asking is, does it work? Because if it works, that means there's hope. And they want you to be real, and they're, they want your life to work, because if it's real and it works, then they have hope, and they need hope, because Jesus is our only hope. Uh, one more comment, and then we'll uh, move on here. And again, I appreciate your patience with me on this. So the Lord's really been ministering to me and speaking to my heart and convicting my heart in our study through Philemon. And right out of the chute, very first verse, very first words in the first verse, where Paul refers to himself as a prisoner of Christ. Now that's interesting, 
Why is that interesting? Because he doesn't say, I'm a prisoner of Rome. I'm a prisoner of Christ. Why does he say that? By the way, he's going to say it again, as we'll see later on in the letter. Why does he say that? Because Paul knows what every single one of us need to know, especially pastors like myself. Paul knew that he was in prison not because of who was in office politically. He was in prison because of who is on the throne sovereignly. Let me say that again in a different way. God allowed Paul to be incarcerated, arrested, wrongfully accused for preaching the gospel, and he was imprisoned. And were it not for Paul being in prison, do you realize there would be four letters in our Bibles that we would not have? We affectionately refer to them as the prison epistles. Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. I think of just Ephesians alone, just that one letter alone. God has used the book of Ephesians in my life in a powerful way, and I think the same could be said of you. How about Philippians? I don't know what I would do without Philippians chapter 4 specifically verses 6 through 8. It's almost like God had to have Paul incarcerated to slow him down enough to even write, because if he was not in prison, he would be out beating the streets, winning people for Christ. He didn't call them names. They called on the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, the only name given among men, whereby we must be saved. In our update on February 28th, we addressed the arrest of Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church in Edmonton, Alberta, after a sermon he preached out of Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. It was on February 14th, titled, Directing Government to Its Duty, He was subsequently released from a maximum security prison after five weeks of incarceration pending trial, which commenced this last Monday on May 3rd. However, a month earlier, in the first week of April, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, at the behest of Alberta Health Services, erected a three-layer fence around the Edmonton Church's building. On April 12th, Faithwire reported on this breaking news, quoting Pastor Coates as saying, they can take our facility, but we'll just find another one. Here's a quote from the article. Canadian pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church held services this weekend. Normally, this would be an unremarkable fact, but given he has recently been released from jail only to see his church 
fenced off and shut down by authorities, it's made this worship service all the more impactful. Grace Life published their service online with congregants' faces blurred out of the picture. Pastor Coates greeted those in attendance at the undisclosed location by saying, quote, they can take our facility, but we'll just find another one. Moments later, two gentlemen who were only identified in the video as Joe and John came forward to lead the congregation in song. One of the men began by saying, did you ever think you'd be part of the underground church? On Friday, April 13th, Christian Headlines published a report about a pastor in London being arrested for a sermon on marriage. He was quoted as saying, I was only saying what the Bible says. This pastor was arrested in London after he delivered a public sermon on the biblical definition of marriage out of Genesis chapter 1. John Sherwood, who is 71 and the pastor of a North London church, was arrested April 23rd in the center of Uxbridge, London, under the Public Order Act for making, quote, allegedly homophobic comments, according to the Daily Mail. A video shows him standing on top of a step stool before being handcuffed and led away by police as a crowd watched. He was later released. I wasn't making any homophobic comments. I was just defining marriage as a relationship between a man and a woman, he said. I was only saying what the Bible says. I wasn't wanting to hurt anyone or cause offense. When the police approached me, I explained that I was exercising my religious liberty and my conscience. I was forcibly pulled down from the steps and suffered some injury to my wrist and to my elbow. I do believe I was treated shamefully. Should have never happened. Sherwood was arrested after preaching on the verses in Genesis 1, where it says that God created mankind in His own image, Christian concern reported. Peter Simpson, the pastor of Penfree Methodist Church in Buckinghamshire, and a friend of Sherwood, also defended the minister. Everything he said was Bible-based. And then he said this, if there was a pride parade in Uxbridge, the police would support it, even if Christians were offended. You don't have to be an evangelical Christian to be shocked by this. Pictured here is a screenshot of Ken Graves. He's the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine. 
It was posted on YouTube by Calvary Chapel magazine, and in it, Ken asks for prayer and fasting concerning the United States Supreme Court agreeing to hear their case against the unconstitutional church closures and restrictions, and the Supreme Court of the United States is going to hear their case this Thursday. I want to share with you something he said in this video, which to me strikes at the heart of the matter. He says, we're hoping and praying that the Lord will move upon the Supreme Court of the United States to actually rule on the merits of these government lockdowns, thus settling the issue for the whole nation, an issue that needs to be settled. Something has been done that has never been done before. So, if the government retains the key word presumed, presumed right to shut down your church in the name of an emergency, in the name of a pandemic, if they can come up with justification for other circumstances, and I assure you that they will, still quoting, they will shut your church down because of hate crimes, or they'll close your church for environmental reasons. There's no end to the issues that they can use to justify some kind of government interest in closing down our churches. I would really encourage you to pray for Pastor Ken Graves and that fellowship in Bangor, Maine. This brings me to why this is happening. That's what's happening. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about why, and let's also talk about the prophetic significance of all of this. I would humbly submit that this is an indication of the imminence of the rapture of the church by virtue of what's happening to the church. And I'd like to expound on this. I think you would agree that the church today, sadly, is riddled in confusion and plagued with division. It seems that COVID and the ensuing vaccine has been met in large measure with an astonishing success in getting Christians and pastors to fight 
against each other and attack one another. So much so that it seems as though now our Christianity is predicated upon being either pro-vax or anti-vax. That's what it's come to. Pictured here is an outdoor marquee board in front of the Hawthorne United Church in the Hawthorne Meadows neighborhood of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada on January 8th of this year, which reads, quote, Please God, a vaccination soon. It's representative of many churches today who see this vaccine as the solution, dare I say, final solution, the answer, the hope. The hope for what? Oh, so we can go back to church. We can go back to our lives. We can go back to the things the way they were. Yesterday, an online member sent me this article out of Alaska about First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, a church that she used to go to as a child. They're now ready to welcome congregants back for in-person services if they are vaccinated. In other words, if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to this church. You can find another church to go to. <laughs> you can come to this church. <laughs> this last Monday, KXLY, out of my old stomping grounds of Spokane, Washington and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, published an article with the headline, Vaccinated sections will allow for more spectators at events, religious services in Washington. Quoting, while a slew of counties are expected to move back to phase two, Governor Inslee announced new changes allowing spectator events and religious services to gather up to 50% capacity as long as many of the attendees are vaccinated. Outdoor facilities will be able to add vaccinated sections until their total capacity, vaccinated or otherwise, reaches 50% or 22,000 people, whichever is fewer. These facilities cannot exceed 9,000 unvaccinated people. Indoor facilities may do the same up to 50% capacity or 2,000 people. Are you getting this? Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. 
Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.